I have a confession to make today that I've got to be vulnerable enough in front of you today. Here it is. You ready? I do not entirely hate chick flicks. Now, let me clarify, I for sure don't love them, and I wouldn't say that I like them, but I I can't honestly say that I hate them, all right? So my position in this, this, this continuum is that I don't entirely hate them, all right? Now, let me prove it to you, okay? So for the record, okay, before God and everybody here, to the best of my ability, for my best knowledge, I've never sat down at Netflix and watched a chick flick by myself, Okay? So I've never done that, all right? So I don't know where that puts me. But I've never done that. And I've never spent $37 on a movie ticket. That's how much it costs today, right? Pretty close, a little bit less. Right? So, okay, so I don't know where that puts me, but I don't entirely hate them. And if you don't know what a chick flick is, uh, let me tell you what it is. A chick flick is society's way of filling women's minds with fairy tales that are unreachable for the average dude. And all the men said, amen. You're thankful you showed up to church today. You're doing better than she's giving you credit for. And I love you men. I'm in your corner. All right. Now let me explain why I don't entirely hate them. Okay. So I, first of all, um, you know, typically there's like this guy and the girl, and they don't like each other, whatever, and then they get together, and I don't really care about that. That's cool. All the lovey-dovey stuff, like hair blowing in the, in the wind and music and all that stuff. Um, you ever tried to kiss somebody on the beach? It ain't that fun. Like, the movies make it a lot more fun, right? It's just not the case. So uh, anyway, so, so there they are. They get together, and, and, then, and then at some point, like, Something happens and it seems like their, their love is like drawn apart or I would say it's being tested, right? So like they fall in love and then he finds out about her or something and then the plot shifts, right? And then it doesn't seem like they're going to make it. And the part that I like is at the very end when they kind of like decide to come back together and then like their love is tested and they overcome the test, right? Now, let me, let me prove it to you. So here's my wife's favorite chick flick movie of all time, and it is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Is that a good one? I don't know. Okay, so um, I think the reason why she likes it so much is because Matthew McConaughey and I look so much similar. That's what I figured. So I just figured that's the deal. Um, And so uh, if you don't know How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, I have had the fortunate privilege of watching it about 35 times with my wife. And this is when the epiphany happened. I just want to tell you, I'm still married, by the way. So I don't know if there's something to that, but uh, I think we're in love as far as as I'm concerned. So uh, maybe you should watch more. I don't know. Okay. So, um, so this is, this dude is, I don't even know his real name, but Matthew McConaughey, well, that is his real name. I don't know the name in the movie, but I'm going to say it's Matthew and then Kate Hudson. So Matthew, if you know the story, all right, this is the typical chick flick, I feel like. So he gets this bet that he's going to get this girl, and then she's writing this editor, editorial magazine about how she's going to get him to dump her within 10 days, all right? So they go back and forth, and then they kind of fall in love, right? And so the 
the hair starts flying back. I don't know. The music starts playing, right? And so, and then, you know, they're in love, but then he kind of finds out about her and then she finds out about him and it seems impossible, right? That's the part I like. Like that's the part when their love seems to be tested. And then finally, it seems like there's no way it's going to work out. He comes running back to her. She comes running back to him. And they finally get back together and they have this awkward kiss. That I don't know if I'm supposed to look at the screen, not look at the screen. I don't know what to do. And I, I kind of like that part. I, and I think the reason why is because my own love is being tested all the time. I think if we're all in agreement, like I, even though I would never put authority on these things, I would never say that this is the same as scripture because it's not, but I still find myself inspired by anything where love is tested and it overcomes, right? Just like there's, because in my heart, there's, my love is being tested and I want my love to overcome. And so when I see those things, I don't stand on them, but I am inspired by them. And I'm like, all right, man, I can do this thing. And I'm going to, right? And so uh, all that stuff, all right? So, and here's what I want to tell you. Your love today is being tested. Whether you realize it or not, your love is being tested. In fact, what I want to do today is I want to give you a love test. Class is in session. Give your neighbor a high five and say, let's take a test. Let's take a test. That was nice. Let's take a test, and this test is found on the back of your City Church Weekly, so if you don't have one, grab one. And on the back, I, was, I love you so much that I, in advance, had these questions prepared for you out of my deep love for you, all right? So I love you, okay? And uh, so we're going to walk through these together, and we're going to look at Scripture, and we're going to take a test based off the Scripture, Cool. Now, I want to be honest. I had about nine questions starting out, and I probably could have had 30 because the Bible has a lot to say about love. But for today, because you have to work tomorrow, um, we won't be here for the next 12 hours. We'll simply be here for the next three. You good? All right, we'll stay. Everybody else is going to go probably. All right, so I'm only going to give you three, and we're going to base them off of Scripture, and I want you to be honest with where you are. Are you all ready? Okay, so here we go. So here's the first Scripture. It's found in chapter Mark, verse 12. Jesus Uh, is replying to a question where one of the disciples asked him this. They said, what out of all the 600 commandments, what is most important? Right? Here's his answer. The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is the one and only Lord. So you must what? Love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Now, I don't have the time to unpack each one of these, but let me tell you what Jesus is getting at, that the greatest commandment is to love God with every part of you. That's what he's saying. So him breaking this down isn't like you can only do these things. What he's getting at is that we should, our greatest commandment, not only to honor God, but to bring ourselves fulfillment in our soul is when we put God first, when we love God him well. So here is the first question that you get to ask yourself is this, how well do you love Jesus? How well do you love Jesus? On a scale one to five, where would you place yourself? And if your spouse is right next to you and you don't want them to know your answers, then just in your mind, 
circle which one it is, all right? So nobody's, you can't cheat on this test, by the way. But in your own heart, how well do you love Jesus? And maybe you're here and you're brand new to this church thing or Christianity and you go, honestly, I don't have a relationship with him. I don't know him. You can't love what you don't know. That's true. And I'm so glad that you're here and welcome home. We're all in this spiritual journey together and we're all wanting to figure out this life thing. And we feel like the Bible is the inspired word of God that can teach us how to do that the best. And so maybe you're here in a one or honestly, even if we're seasoned Christians, how many all know that we're not always a five, are we? Right? I mean, that's just the truth. Like, some of you in this room may be at a four or five, and that's awesome. But others of us are probably maybe at a two or three. Wherever you see it, I just want you to write it down. All right? There's no wrong answer. All right. So here's the second part of that passage that we're going to ask the next question. The second is equally important, Jesus says. He says, Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So here's a simple question, but how well do you love your neighbor? And let me define who your neighbor is. Your neighbor is anyone that's around you. It's that simple. So how well do you love the people that are around you? Let me help you out. Let me give you some categories. How well do you love your boss? Can I tell you, I love my boss. He is good looking. He is strong like an ox. He can preach the house down. All right, that's enough. That's enough. How well do you love your kids? (laughs) Somebody said, this morning or last night? Because last night I was doing pretty good, but this morning I can't stand them, right? So, hey, but you got to be honest with yourself. How well do you love them, right? Okay, we'll talk about what this means. How well do you love your parents? And that doesn't just mean there's no age to this. If your parents are still alive, how well do you love and honor your parents, right? How well do you love your friends? What, if your friends could talk for you, what would they say? Would they say that you love them well? Or would they say that maybe you're a two and you need to grow in it? How well do we love people that we don't know? Good question. And what about this one? This is a novel idea. How about your actual neighbors, right? The people that are next to you? Like, do they know who you are? Do they, you know, are you around? And do, you, do, you, do they feel like you love them? Let me add a, a last one. Um, how well do you love your spouse? And if your spouse could talk, how well does your spouse feel loved by you? Right, so those are important, right? Okay, so wherever it is, on scale one to five, where do you see yourself? All right, now here's the final question, and it comes out of Matthew So can we put that scripture up? This is a challenging passage of scripture. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your what? Enemies. Who are your enemies? It's those that are against you. That's it. Those that are against you. You should pray for those who persecute you. Wow. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Now, let's keep going. It gets better. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just, those that went to church today, and the unjust. No, I'm just playing. Right? The rain came down. All right. So it's all the just and unjust. We get that. And he said, I love this. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? 
In fact, it goes on. I had to cut it off, but he says, even the people that don't follow Jesus do that. It's not hard to love people that love you. It's, it's hard to love people that can't stand you or are against you. So let's ask the question. Here we go. Here's the test. How well do you love your enemy? Can I rephrase it? How well do you love those that are against you? So let me put some categories back up. Your boss. <laughs> Come on, right? Like, so it's easy to love your boss when things are going great. My boss is great. He's never bad. So it's easy for me, but for everybody else, it's difficult sometimes, right? Your, your direct report or whoever, you, whoever that is, it can be challenging. What about your kids, right? Sometimes they feel like they love you, right? That's, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. That rarely happens. So they can like seem like they're just like crazy bad all the time. And then, you know, my three-year-old will come up with this like binky in a blanket and she kind of just says, dad, I love you. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. You know, like I just, uh, so I forget all the bad things she ever did. Uh, but how well do you love your kids when they're against you? Now, if you have teenagers, are teenagers ever against you? I don't know if that ever happens. Like I did, you know, okay. So there you go, proof and, proof and point. All right. What about your parents? If you are here today, maybe you still live at a home where your parents are. Uh, sometimes your parents seem to be against you, right? Okay, so how well do you love them? How well do you love your friends when they don't think the way you think? How well do you love a stranger that is against you? Right? right? How well do you actually love your neighbor, right? If you live in an HOA. Oh, I can't even get going. I should just spend a whole day on HOAs. <laughs> right? Isn't it crazy? How many of y'all live in an HOA? You got an HOA thing? How many of y'all got out? You're like, man, I'm done. I'm out of there. All right, cool. You're like, I've had enough. You know what I'm saying? Right? Okay, so your actual neighbor. And what about your spouse? Right? Sometimes they feel like a friend, and then other times they feel like an enemy. Let me say this one. How about the political party you disagree with? Because Jesus doesn't see that, by the way. He's, he's on a plan to reach all. I'm serious. Yeah, it's good. If you can't love the other side of a political party, that's like where it starts. If we want our society to be better and we think hate is going to get us there, and if we think the church ain't going to step up, like if anybody needs to lead the way in love and embracing those that we don't think alike, it should be in the church. Amen? Amen. Cool. You can clap for that if you want to. Okay, so I think we all can agree. We took a test, and uh, let's just say that we have areas to grow in. All right? All of us can get a little bit better. Um, and, and so lucky for us, actually scripture has something to address here and, and I want to help you today. And let me tell you why this is so important. Our world needs more love. Amen. Like your neighborhood doesn't need less love. Like your neighborhood needs more love. Like your marriage doesn't need less love. Your marriage needs more love. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Like our schools need more. So this is a big deal. And if we want to see change out there, I think we first need to start inside of here. Start with us. Look at the man in the mirror, just like the theologian Michael Jackson said. Is that good? That was impressive. We're just, um, okay, I don't know where that went. I don't know how that happened. Man in the mirror. Don't. That's all I know, by the way, so... So we got to figure that out. All right. So listen, teenagers in the, are there any teenagers, high schoolers in the rooms? Now holler at me. Hey. All right. How about young adults? Like, like twenties. Let's just say twenties. So twenties in the room. Hey, come on now. Where am I? Like thirties. 
All right, come on. I saw somebody. Uh, where are my 40s? All right. And 50 and older, we won't even categorize you anymore. Come on, you're there. Come on, you're young. Come on. Yes. All right. Now listen, all of us can go from a three to a four. All of us can go to a two to a three. And I want to help you today from scripture to do that. And I'm here to tell you that the world would do it differently than how Jesus would do it. And I want to show you a pattern that really just blew me away today or this week as I was studying for this. And here it is. John chapter 15. Jesus is, John is recording Jesus's words and we're within this chapter where the main metaphor is that Jesus is the vine. All right. It's a great chapter and that we are the branches. And if we're going to live a fulfilled life and honor God, that the best way, in fact, the only way we can do it is to be connected to the vine. That if we get disconnected, we're not going to make it. And in the midst of this, He's, he focuses in on the topic of love that I think can really help us move from a two to a three, all right? So just be thinking about where you're weak and let's walk through this together. Here's what it says. Jesus says this, as the Father has loved me. Now I want you to recognize here that he did not say as a mom loves a child, he did not say, as a father loves a son. He did not say, as a brother loves a sister. Uh, he actually says, as the father has loved me, so now I am able and I have loved you. Now, just follow me for a second. And this word love is not just in any word. It is the word agape. Everybody say agape. And agape is simply this. It's unconditional, sacrificial, godly love. I'm here to tell you today, as you want to grow in your love, that there is actually an agape, godly, unconditional, sacrificial love that's available for you today. That's awesome. I'm so grateful that God has given that to us. And so he says, as the Father has loved me, so I will and have loved you. So here's where I want to get to. You can't, if you want to go from a three to a four, you can't give what you first haven't received. Right. Let me say that again. You can't give what you first haven't received. Right. As the, it's just interesting to me that Jesus didn't have to say it that way. He said, I've received love. And because I've received the Father's love, now I can Get it. Uh, let me prove it to you. Uh, Noah, do you um, have any money on you? Sure. What you got? Five, 10, 100? You got a $20 bill? Sweet. Thank you. All right. Where were we? We were talking about agape. All right. So let's break this down just for a moment, okay? Um, Noah just gave me an actual $20 bill. It's real. Why was he able to give this to me? because he first had it, right? If he didn't have it, could he have given it? I know this is simple, but just follow me. Imagine if I would have said, hey man, can you give me 20 bucks? And he started writing out paper money, right? And then handing me this thing that was fabricated to look like the real thing, but it's not. I felt such a burden that the local church for too long has been fabricating something fake 
instead of receiving something real. And so you're at a two or three, and let's be honest, we're so fast in our lives that the moment we go, wow, I'm not, I'm, I'm not loving my spouse right, I'm not loving my enemy right, we're quick to kind of just get a little bit more charismatic, just put on a better face. Just, we can be saved and still act like this, by the way. So we can be a follower of Jesus and not lean into all the love that he has for us in our hearts. And I came here to tell you, man, let's give the real thing. Now, what you don't know is that I actually gave this $20 to Noah before he came here today. This is actually my $20, so I'm going to keep it. I love you. I love you. Even when they're against you. You just love them. I love that. You you give card. I love that. You cannot give what you have not received. Are you with me? So I'm, I'm here to tell you that the way you're going to grow in love, get this. Now, now the, world, the world's mind, you need to go get seven steps to better, 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 and get better, and do the best you can, and that's as good as it's going to get, and good luck. But for a follower of Jesus, we actually can allow the God of love to transform our hearts, to have something to give that's not just this fabricated thing. The world doesn't need more fake. They need real, right? And God is the solution. He is love personified. If you agree with me, would you put your hands together? Just thank God for his love. It's so good. All right, so keep, let's, let's go to verse 10, all right? So verse 10 says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have, commit, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Once again, what he's doing He's transferring over to us. Now, here's where I want to get to. If we could put it up on the screen. Love takes work. Don't kid yourself about it. Following Jesus takes work. Now, we don't earn it through work, but you better believe. How many of y'all know that you're married in the room? It takes work to love your spouse well. And if you want to grow with Jesus, it takes work to show up on Sunday on time. It takes work to, to get in your Bible. It takes work to put money aside. It takes work to put time aside, right? It takes work. It takes work. And, and, and I, just, I just want to encourage you today, especially when it comes to small groups. Some of you, maybe you're like, man, my schedule won't fit. and I can't do this. And there's not a good day. Can I tell you, there's never going to be a good day. Your schedule's never going to make it work. And there's a point where you just got to go, you know what? If I'm serious about God, if I'm going to be a part of this local church and my pastor gets up and says, hey, we're going to do small groups and let's grow together. You know what? That's going to take work. And if you really, you're here today and maybe your marriage is struggling or you're mad at your boss or whatever, I'm telling you, yes, we receive and we're going to give, but there's a part we got to work. We're going to work at this thing. And it's not, it's not easy to unconditionally love somebody because you will get hurt. You will. No doubt about it. But here's what verse 11 says. I love this. Check this out. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. Wow. So we can't give what we haven't received and it's going to take work. But guess what? It's worth it. I'm here to tell you that it's worth it. And you can walk out of here and you can conjure up your own love and try to do your own thing and go, hey, that pastor was whatever and this and whatever. I'm telling you, though. There's something on the other side of this that as God transforms you, there's a joy that you, will, you, will, you won't believe inside of your heart. And what's the alternative, by the way? 
just not deal with it, hate people, you know what's gonna happen? Listen to me, I'm dead serious. I, like, I wanna save you right now. You're gonna end, if you don't learn how to deal with this, you're gonna end up addicted. You're gonna end up bitter. I'm serious, listen to me. And you're gonna end up alone. I'm serious. If the love of God doesn't save you from yourself, he came to save us from ourselves. Because you know what's gonna happen is that you, you don't know how to deal with that boss. And so then you hate that boss and then every boss is bad. And that guy, didn't, that guy didn't treat you right, and so every guy is bad. And every girl is bad, and all teenagers are this, and we're not going to work out of this, and all landlords are this, and we're never going to get ahead, and that political party is this, and that, and you will be a bitter person. And can I tell you, I just, I care about you, like, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live that way. I mean, there's a joy that can be on the other side of you. I was just talking to somebody this week, and they had some, a coworker that really frustrated them. And we walked through the process of actually forgiving. And she was totally right, had no reason to go and ask for forgiveness. And I said, but what would Jesus do for you, right? And so we walked it through it. So she did. She asked for forgiveness. She said, I, she said, I gotta tell you, he doesn't realize it, but I feel so free right now. What happened? There's a love that's starting to grow in her that she can't conjure up. And man, there's something so special to that. And let me bring you to verse 12. I love this. So then, remember, Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands. Well, here's the command. Love each other. Okay, we can't give what we haven't received. Are you seeing the pattern? It was just like, it was leaped off the pages. Love each other as I have loved you. Don't go love each other in your own power. Don't go love your ch other, each other like a father loves a son. Don't go love each other like a son loves... What, like, like, as Jesus has loved you, so go and love others. I love this. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. So here Jesus is. He's looking at you today and he's saying, as I have loved you, go love others. So you're here today and maybe you're at a two, maybe you're at a three and you're trying to figure out how do you get to a four or five? Can I tell you who passed the test? Jesus has passed every test. And this whole series, as I'm wrapping it up today, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if he passed the test, guess what? You can pass the test, but not in your own power. Greater is he that is in me than he that is 